Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We're so glad that you've joined us today to gather around the Word of God. You know, the Scripture said, Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. This is one of the very important texts that tells us that we can know the season of the coming of the Lord, of the great day of the Lord, the tribulation period, that as you see the day, we're supposed to be children of the light and not children of the darkness, that that day would overtake us as a thief, but we would be uh, able through the word of God and the revelation of the Holy Spirit and literally the signs of the times to be able to discern the nearness of the coming of Christ and the nearness of the coming of the tribulation period. Amen. So listen today, we want to be ready for the coming of Jesus and we want to take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. I believe a window of opportunity is open for us to get the gospel to the nations of the world, and the World Wide Web is one of those ways. I'm going to ask you something today. If you have come to Christ through either the Let's Talk About Jesus part of our website or the Sunday morning or any of the sermons on there on the website. We would love to hear from you. There's a place on our website where you can communicate with us and we would be so glad to hear if you've come to the Lord or you have come back to the Lord. And there are some of you have already let me know that you have come back home to your father's house. Hallelujah. And we're so glad to just have a part in that mighty call of God to come into the ark before the door is closed and sealed that we be safe within. Praise God when Jesus comes and ready for his coming. Well, having said that, we want to get into the word this morning. Amen. We're going to be talking about true conversion true conversion. This is an important message. You know, I was following on the interstate going on a trip and I saw a great big semi-tractor trailer and and it said something about Jesus. I, what caught my eye was Jesus on the side of the, the trailer and Jesus on the side of the truck obviously wanting to get a Christian message out as they traveled the interstate, whatever trucking company or independent trucker. As I fell in behind that truck to let the, 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 traffic get by me and we were both running quite high speeds you know how i drive <laughs> amen but as i fell in behind the truck for just a little while before passing i noticed the mud flaps on the truck and uh, i don't know if you've ever watched cartoons but <laughs> I, I i grew up with cartoons and and particularly the warner brothers cartoons and there was a character called yosemite sam and he, he was a crude and harsh character he had always had two guns blazing and he had two guns pointed right back at whoever's following the truck on the mud flap, and it said, turn 
or burn. And it caused me to smile because of the character on there. But what really began to touch my heart was the reality and the realization that if people don't turn, they're going to burn. Now, the message of hell is not a popular message, but you can't have God without Satan and you can't have heaven without hell. And according to the scripture, there's only two roads that a boy, girl, man, woman can be on. And that is the broad way that leads to destruction and the narrow way that leads to life eternal. And what is so disconcerting to me is that the message of eternal banishment and punishment is hard-pressed to be even here today, and yet the reality of it hasn't changed. But it's not what's trending today. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again this morning. In these crucial times that we are living in, we do not need to be following what is trending, particularly in the world, and absolutely, particularly in the church world. Amen. We need to be following what is true. Whether or not it's trending shouldn't be an issue. It should be what is true. And the world deserves to hear the truth today. And the truth is there's only two categories of people in the entire world. And that is the children of darkness, the children of light, the lost, and the saved. People are, that are on the high way to heaven are people that are on the high way to hell. Let me read you something from the lyrics of a song that made a big hit just a few years ago by ACDC. And the name of the song is The Highway to Hell. And it says, Living easy, living free, season ticket, on a one-way ride, asking nothing, leave me be, taking everything in my stride. Don't need reason, don't need rhyme, ain't nothing I would rather do. Going down, party time, my friends are going to be there too, yeah, I'm on a high way to hell. No stop sign, speed limit, nobody's going to slow me down, like a wheel going to spin it. Nobody's going to mess me round. Hey, Satan, paying my dues, playing in a rocking band. Hey, Mama, look at me. I'm on a high way to hell. A friend of mine, this is serious today. The church seems to have forgotten because of, of those labels that will be put on us if we preach the whole gospel. You know, the full gospel is not just about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit. The full gospel is the entire truth about where people are going to spend eternity. I believe there's a lot of people that are not preaching the full gospel today, even in so-called full gospel churches. And I'm listening for an amen. That, that silence was for some, someone in your heart is amening this message because you know that it's true. 
And that's one reason I believe that God delivered me from cancer as a child and delivered me from a, a terrible stroke as an older man. Back when I was 65 and I'm going on 74, He's left me here for a reason. And one of the reasons is that, that, that people can hear a message. There's a new generation of preachers coming on that I'm not sure they understand the significance of our calling and our ministry, the significance of the human soul and where it's going to spend eternity. Ravi Zacharias, who recently went to be with the Lord, uh, spoke at many colleges and Bible colleges. And he said what really became an, an issue with him and took him back was young candidates for ministry graduating with high marks, sending resumes out to churches where they could become pastors and wanting him to tell them where is the best area with the best benefits for pastors? Where would be the best states to send resumes? The best denominations who take the best care of their preachers. They were going at it simply as a vocation. Looking for the, the fringe benefits of preaching. Rather than seeking to see the lost saved having compassion, praying, he said, they were not praying and seeking where God wanted to send them. And it was heart-rending and heartbreaking to see a generation of ministers preparing for ministry without understanding the gravity of their calling. Amen. Listen, friend of mine, the Apostle Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel. That's the full gospel. Before we get into gifts of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to hear this today. This is the full gospel. The full gospel historically has meant to us just the gifts of the Spirit because many have rejected them. Just the baptism in the Holy Spirit for many have rejected Him in that kind of experience. A friend of mine, the full gospel is also the whole counsel of God. Not picking the parts of it that is trending or the parts of it that the people want to hear. One of the signs of the last days is that they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Telling them what they want to hear instead of what God is saying. And we need to be full gospel preachers today. We need to tell the whole truth because the God demands it of us and the world needs it desperately and the church world needs it. The Apostle Paul knew it was about the destiny of man and where he would spend eternity. And he said, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men it was this compassion and this passion that came from knowing he had in view the eternal destiny of the human soul and where it would live forever, age without end. Amen. It is said, it is said in Scripture, it is a fearful thing in the New Testament to fall into the hands of the living God. What does that mean? It means to stand unrepentant to stand without the covering 
of the blood of Jesus. When the books are opened and every sin is alleged against us and there is no advocate and there is no redeemer and there is no redemption. Friend of mine, we need a stirring today in the pulpit. We need a stirring today in the pew. One pastor got so absolutely, uh, uh, well, he, he was frustrated seeing a congregation that is never stirred with where souls spend eternity and therefore never concerned about the person they work with or affiliate with that they know and never taking the opportunity and praying for the door to open to witness unto them. Oh, friend of mine, today is the day that God is calling us to see every human being on this planet as a candidate for heaven or a candidate for hell. True conversion must be preached once again in order to have an authentic faith. And that's why this pastor looked out at a congregation who seemingly never got concerned about souls enough to be any kind of a witness to anyone. And he said, you know, so many people are going to hell. And what's more, many of you do not give a, and he used a four-letter word, and it's shock. And yes, he shouldn't. I'm not defending him. I'm understanding him. He used a four-letter word. And then when he, when the shock swept over the audience, <laughs> and by the way, that was back when it was would have shocked. I don't think it would be much of a shock anymore and in this this liberal age that we are living in. But the abundance of the heart, the mouth indeed speaks. Listen, he said, and what's more, many of you are more shocked by what I just said, the four-letter word, than you are about the, the destiny of the lost men and women, boys and girls that are going to hell forever. And that, that, is, the, that is, is how frustrating it becomes many times when someone sees something so clearly and other people seem to be blind to it. A, a famous preacher of our day, I believe, I believe it was Chuck Swindoll who made the statement about his congregation preaching on the change that comes when you come to Christ as your Savior. And he looked out and he said, I look out over my congregation and I'm convinced that there are many in my own congregation. And I respect him for saying this, for for making this statement. And if it wasn't Chuck Swindle, it was someone of his caliber. But I believe it was Charles. He said, because many are not ready in my own congregation for the coming of Christ. They're not ready to die. They're not ready to go to heaven because there is no change. He doesn't believe in salvation by works. He understands that won't save you. But he does understand that when you get truly saved, there, there is a change that must occur. You can't stay on the highway to hell and get to heaven. I'm going to say that again. You can't stay on the highway to hell and get to heaven. When Timothy McVeigh 
before he was executed, he he had been reading the, 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 the bomber that bombed the government building that killed men, women, and children out of his his thwarted political agenda to to hit at and hurt the government. Listen to what he said. He quoted English poet William Ernest Henley. And the poem, a famous poem, is Invictus, and it's been quoted by many, and it shows how pride blinds and takes away the fear of the judgment to come. It's, let, let me read that to you. What he quoted before going into eternity, out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced or cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head, and this is what he said before death, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how here he is blaspheming, this straight gate and narrow way that leads to life eternal. Listen, the writer of Invictus, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. Oh, friend of mine, read a bumper sticker the other day that said, Heaven don't want me and hell is afraid that I will take over. It's, it's, it's shaking our fist in the face of God and saying, I am going to rule my own soul. I, I will not have this man, this Jesus, rule over me. And listen to how Jesus talked about people uh, who are so blinded in Matthew's gospel, 13, verse 14 and 15. He said, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, literally Isaiah. He's quoting from Isaiah in the New Testament to those people of that day. I'm quoting it to the people of our day. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall not hear and shall not understand and seeing you shall not see and shall not perceive for this people's heart is is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest at any time they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. This word here, converted, is a word that literally means and connotates to turn around. See, if you're on the road, the highway to hell, you need to turn around and get on the highway to heaven. Hallelujah. The NIV renders this and turn and I would heal them. The Amplified uses turn where converted is written because that is an accurate translation. One paraphrase says, turn unto me, which is accurate as well. Let me read you a definition of what to be converted means to turn around and turn from darkness to light. Listen, 
the divisive act in which a sinner turns away from sin in genuine repentance and accepts the salvation that Christ offers. The imagery in conversion is that of turning. A person is going along a road and realizes that he or she is on the wrong track and they will never reach the destination if they continue in that direction. So the person turns or is converted. He or she ceases to go in the wrong direction and begins going in the right one. Conversion changes the direction of one's course of life and the wrong way to the right way, the way God wants. Hallelujah. You see, true conversion, dear friend, requires a personal desire to turn from Satan to God, from sin to righteousness, and is preceded by true conviction and true repentance. If you truly repent of sin, repentance, literally in the military sense, for those of you that know anything about the military, there's a term uh, in military about face. You're facing one way, but you turn a full turnaround and you face the other way. That's what it means. I saw a sign the other day. I think we used to have it hanging somewhere when we had our building. And, and, and it said, it said, God allows for U-turns. Praise God. Thank God if you're on the wrong road today and you know you're on the wrong road because your eyes have been opened, your ears have come open, and your heart is open. Praise God. You can turn. <laughs> you don't have to burn. No, it's not His will. It's not His will. It's not His will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance or all be converted or all turn around. Hallelujah. But it takes repentance and it takes turning. It takes that willingness. God will supply. If He sees that in your heart, that desire, He will not force you. He will not impose His will on you. But if He sees your will to turn, He'll give you the strength to turn. He sees that you want to change and get on the right road. He will give you everything you need to do it. Praise God. He will empower. In fact, the Bible said we who have turned from darkness to light, from, from Satan to God, that he has translated us out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's why Paul had a mandate, a clear mandate in Acts twenty six seventeen through 19, as he talked to King Agrippa about his ministry. Listen to what he told him that God told him, the Apostle Paul, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith which is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Listen, the heavenly vision today is not just go and build a successful ministry. 
in effect, a mega church or a television personality that builds a worldwide television ministry. And it may be in the name of evangelism. It may be so we can preach the gospel to the world, but it needs to be the full gospel. The heavenly vision here is clear. It is to challenge and to turn people to repent and be saved, to be truly converted and to be saved. Hallelujah. That, my friend, is the heavenly vision. I use the term true conversion and authentic faith because the eternal destiny of our soul depends on the fact of our conversion. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many, this is what's so disconcerting, this is what stirs my soul. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works and then i will profess to them i never knew you depart from me you that work iniquity you can't be on the high way to hell and get to heaven i want to say that again you cannot be on the high way to hell and end up in heaven. And the Old Testament said there's a way that seemeth right to a man. But the end thereof is the way of destruction. Some years ago in America, a scam was uncovered, which involved faking medical school certificates for phony doctors. It was estimated that some 10,000 doctors had counterfeit foreign medical degrees which because they were so good had fooled almost everyone in positions of authority. The con man behind the deception was a man called Pedro de Misones, and through selling fraudulent documents, he had earned one and a half million dollars over three years. Well, Pedro was eventually caught, and during the trial, the prosecution said that many American citizens would have received medical treatment from phony doctors. These phony doctors had paid him, who had then provided them with their fake documents, claiming they completed medical school and training. In fact, they had done nothing of the sort. This man ended up with a prison term, of course. He was convicted for mail fraud and conspiracy and admitted to the court that in three years of faking medical degrees, he provided 100 clients with false transcripts showing they had fulfilled medical requirements, schools they didn't attend. But it all goes to show how easy it is to dupe people, to deceive people, to fool people. And of course, the trouble is in this case, the deception is very serious indeed because it's about life and death. Now listen, friend, spiritual deception is far more serious because it's not just about life or death, but what happens after death. But what happens 
after death. As soon as the body drops, the soul is headed somewhere forever and forever. And God wants you on the high way to heaven. He wants you, if you're on the high way to hell, <laughs> He wants you to turn around today. And preacher, if you're not preaching the full gospel, God wants you, as He did Paul, to challenge people to turn from their wicked ways. And to the church to turn from our wicked way. We have to repent. We have to turn to be converted. And we have to keep making those crucial decisions if we're going to walk on the King's high way. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know about you today, but if I wasn't saved, especially in these days, if I was not already a Christian, if I was not sealed, I like the song when they say, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. Well, I can say amen because I know what road I'm on today. And I know where it leads. Praise God. And I'm happy to be on the King's highway. We used to sing about that. Hallelujah. Walking up the King's highway. Just before we close, I want to read about the King's highway out of Isaiah chapter 35. It says in verse 8, And the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord, that's you and me, friend, if you're saved, shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sigh shall flee away. Friend, if you are not on the king's highway, you're on the highway to hell. And God doesn't want you lost. God doesn't want you to be banished and punished eternally. That's not what's trending today. But that's what's true today. And friend of mine, you can turn right here in this holy moment you can turn around. God indeed allows for U-turns. And I believe somebody in this audience is turning right now from darkness to light. That is a mandate for every preacher of the gospel, not just for the Apostle Paul. And I pray that you've been challenged and now you're being changed. In the name of Jesus Christ today. Preachers, let's preach the full gospel. While we have a little window for the night cometh when no man shall work. In Jesus' name.